I want to welcome all of our locations to part three of our series entitled Spiritual Eyes. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. We are in a month teaching on spiritual warfare, and I said this from the very beginning, that you can't deal with spiritual problems with natural means. In other words, there's things in our lives that we're dealing with, battles, challenges, conflicts. We often don't realize that they're spiritual. They're originated in the spiritual realm. And that's why it's so important that we're going to the Word of God. We're learning what the Bible says. We're, we're learning how to fight with the authority of Jesus Christ, not in our own strength, not in our own wisdom, but we're learning how to stand upon the Word of God, to speak the Word of God. Today, I want to continue our series. I want to talk to you today about the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the importance of understanding and recognizing what the Bible calls our helper. Maybe today you feel in your walk with Christ. You feel it a little bit empty. Maybe you don't feel the spiritual vibrancy that you once felt. The fact is, is that life happens and we get squeezed and, and, and adversity comes. Or sometimes we walk with God and we feel like we've hit a plateau and we just feel like there's a ceiling. Could it be that you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit? I remember when I gave my heart to Christ, I... I was turning 19 years old. Uh, it was the fall of 19, let's see, 1987. <clears throat> and I got saved. Two months later, a friend of mine got saved. And there was a girl that actually was very involved in helping to lead us to Christ. And i never forget the day, probably f this would have been February of 88. She calls me. She said, Steve, why don't you and Vince, I want to meet you guys at this coffee shop. I, I want to go through. I want to talk to you today about the power of the Holy Spirit. I thought, wow, that's, I, that's something that I'm interested in. I said, I, I, I've heard there's a Holy Spirit. I said, but I'm so glad I'm saved. And let me tell you, I was saved. I've been washed in the blood of Christ. I know that my name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I'll be honest, after being a Christian about four months, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget that day that she sat down and she began to open this Bible. And we start in the Old Testament, by the way. The Holy Spirit doesn't just show up in the New Testament. But we start in the Old Testament. Then we went through the Gospels and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then we got to the book of Acts. And boy, she started showing me how the, the early church was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was so powerful. And then we went into Paul's letters. And, and we went through Romans and the Spirit of God and all this. And then Corinthians and and I remember that the more and more that she opened the word of God, watch this, the hungrier I got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I learned something that day. I learned that you can be a Christian, that you can love God, but yet you still need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. Yes, you get saved one time, but you need to be filled. Everybody say filled. You need to be filled over and over freshly with God's power. Today, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're in a place where you feel dry in your walk with God. You feel like you've just hit that place where you need a fresh outpouring, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. I, t I trust today that I'll answer some of those. By the way, I think it's important every year during this time of the year at Church of the King, I talk about the Holy Spirit. Here's one of the practical reasons is we love talking about the Holy Spirit this time. This is Pentecost season. Matter of fact, last Sunday was literally Pentecost Sunday. Churches all around the world celebrated that moment in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit was poured out. You say, Pastor, what is Pentecost? Pentecost was a feast in the Bible celebrated 50 days 
after Passover. The celebration was held in honor of God's gracious provision from the harvest. In essence, it was a first fruits feast. It was also on that day, the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2. Another reason I think it's important to talk about the Holy Spirit now is because we live in a desperate culture. Uh, the culture is desperate. People are desperate. And, and it's, it, they're desperate to, to, to experience a power that's beyond this natural realm. Listen, you, you have a body. You also have a mind, will, and emotions. But there's a spiritual dimension that only, listen, that only God can touch by his spirit. There's a spiritual dimension that yearns for the supernatural on the inside of us. And until that's awakened, until we come to Christ... That side will always be empty. We as a church, unashamedly, unapologetically, unequivocally, (laughs) we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that it is impossible to live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the culture in which we're facing today, churches need to preach Christ and lift up Christ, but they need to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that softens a hardened heart. We also believe it's the Holy Spirit that quickens us and endues us with power. It's called dunamis, the the dynamite power of God. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the ability to stand in adversity. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's a cry in our world for the supernatural. There's a deep hunger in the hearts of people for spiritual power. You see it all over. You look it on TV, online, magazines, wherever it is. People, there's this quest for spiritual power. It's interesting. I'll, I'll never forget when I was, a, I was in seminary and I was a, a waiter waiting tables. I was also working uh, at a church. And during that season, there was a guy uh, who was a waiter and he was always talking about positive energy and negative energy, positive energy. And he would read all these new age books and all this stuff. He goes, man, I'm just, I want to just emit positive energy. And, and he'd get around people. He goes, man, that table, that people, those people had negative energy. A lot of positive, a lot of negative energy. You know what he was really looking for? He was looking for the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? You are, let me tell you, you are a spirit. That's who you are. Ultimately, the spiritual part of who you are yearns for the supernatural. The question is, are you looking in the right places and are you seeking the right person? Spirit of God. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the scripture is called the divine helper. God, the Holy Spirit wants to come to help you, to walk with Christ, to fill you with power. The world in which we live is hungry for the supernatural, the unseen realm. They're looking for something. They're, they're, they're not even sure what it is. By the way, I would say that even in churches, people are looking for the supernatural. It's not just motivational speeches and TED Talks. People are looking for the Bible being preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's not the human intellect. It's not even human ability. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that lifts the Word of God and puts it in the heart of people. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul faced a similar situation in the first century world. He was dealing with a very spiritual and philosophical culture, a culture quite similar to ours. Yet how did he respond? When Paul would come into cities, again, like Thessalonica and Corinth, how did he do it? Now remember, Paul was a very educated man, extremely educated. But here's what I found out. Education is good. But education can't transform a person's life. If if you're educated, supernatural power comes from the Holy Spirit. 
I'm not putting down education. I believe I, I, I have formal education. But I'm going to tell you something. You can have somebody uneducated open the Bible. If the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, that's transformational. It's important that we pursue ways to communicate God's word. But listen to me very closely. Paul was very careful to say, transformation is not happening because of my eloquent speech. Matter of fact, here's what he said. I want you to see this. Check this out. Two places. Paul said, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only. Now, we've got to preach the Bible. We've got to use the scripture. That's the foundation. That's where we learn about the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said. But also in, come on, everybody say it, power. And the Holy Spirit in much assurance. Thessalonica, very philosophical culture, very spiritual culture. And Paul said, I didn't just come to you to disputate. I didn't just come to you to argue intellectually, but I came with power. There was an assurance to what I said. You felt something beyond merely words. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he goes on to say this. I love this. This is so good. Paul says, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Remember, very, very intellectual, philosophical crowds at times he would talk to. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the what? Say it. Spirit and of what? Power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Pastor Steve, do you study the Bible? Yes. Do you put messages together? Yes. Do you try to use illustrations that people can remember? Absolutely. But can I tell you something? I also cry out for the power of the Holy Spirit to, to breathe this book into your heart. Can I tell you something right now? You can't ever talk somebody into serving Christ. That neighbor that you're sharing Christ with, that loved one that you love so much you've been praying for them, that prodigal that you may have in your home, can I tell you, you need to pray for them. Yes, there's moments you need to present the gospel to them, but, but we need to cry out for power. Why? It's the presence, watch this, it's the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that lifts the words off of this book and implants them in somebody's heart. It's the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. The warfare that we're in, the culture, all the things around us. We're, we're, Christianity is a supernatural faith. We serve a God of the supernatural, and it's a supernatural faith. Just like in Jesus' day, people today are walking through life, all of us at different levels, scarred, beat up, bruised by things, the pains of life. Many of you have experienced a abuse, rejection. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get healing? How do, you, how do you walk through that? How do you function in life? People in Paul's day, they were dealing with the same thing. They had hurts. They had pains. They had bondages. There was addictions back then. There's addictions today. How do we do? We need a supernatural faith. This is a supernatural gospel, a supernatural faith. We need supernatural power attached to it. And that's why Paul talked about Listen, we live in a culture of impending danger. I mean, my gosh, look at the news. Whether it's global unrest, cultural clashes, economic turmoil. There's people's souls are so, they're so fragile. But let me tell you something. You get filled with the supernatural power of God. Doesn't mean things around us are all wonderful, but it does mean on the inside there's a power to stand. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to us. There is a demonstration of power. The power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to demonstrate it through your lives. Well, that's just for the pastor. No, 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 time out. That's for all of us. <laughs> that's for you. 
You are the material that God wants to work as signs, wonders, and miracles through. Why can't you pray for people and see God do amazing things? Why can't you share the gospel? Listen, church is important. We need to bring people to the house of God. But can I tell you something? You can only go to church an hour, hour and 15 minutes a week. Do you bring the presence of God where you go into your workplace? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. It was that early season walking with Vince, my buddy, and hearing from Linda. I got hungry. And you know what my prayer for you today, all of our locations, you know what my prayer is? Is that you get hungry. That, that as I share the word of God over these next 20, 23, 24 minutes, as, I, as I'm sharing the word of God, my prayer is that you get hungry. That you're wanting to cry out, God, I need more. Everybody say more. Again, let me just say this. You get saved one time, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over. Now, let me build a biblical basis here. And this is important. Number one, how can we then, pastor, be filled with the Holy Spirit? The early church was filled with the Holy Spirit. We read in the New Testament, just like Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit, so the apostles ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we today need to minister in the power. We need it personally, and we need it to help other people. How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? Number one, promises. Jesus promised to baptize his followers in the Holy Spirit. The word baptize is the Greek word. It means baptizo, and it means to dip or to immerse. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John, John the Baptist. But he who is coming after me, he is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will, watch this, baptize you. He will immerse you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You ever thought about Christianity that way? This is much more than just an intellectual ascending to some facts. But, but, but John the Baptist said, you're going to be immersed. In other words, you're going to be saturated. You're going... Jesus wants to fill you with his spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. A very powerful moment. Right on the Mount of Olives. I've been to the place where Jesus, looking over Jerusalem, he's about to enter into what's called the divine ascension. He looks at his disciples And here's what he says to them. He says, but you shall receive power. Everybody say that word at the count of three. One, two, three. You shall receive what? Power. It's a Greek word, dunamis, where we get the word in English, dynamite. Don't tell me that Christianity is some little weak, beaten down. There's a dynamite power available to followers of Christ. That's Bible. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses, witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit's a promise to come upon you. Question, I'm gonna ask everybody, every one of our locations, are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm asking you that. Are you living in this promise? It's a promise from Scripture. Jesus is promising the person the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to do you with power. There is a, watch this. There's a promise of supernatural power for the believer in Christ. Question, are you walking in that? I'm asking everyone. Are you living in that? You can. Let me talk about some problems. Anytime you talk about the Holy Spirit in church, there's different responses. Some people have never heard of the Holy Spirit some of you thought, man, I talk about Jesus a lot. Man, we'll talk about Jesus and the blood of Christ. Absolutely. I like the Father, but the Holy Spirit stuff. Let me give you the three 
problems. And over the years, I've kind of developed. There's three main challenges. This is important because there's all different types of people that come to Church of the King. Some people that are just checking out Christianity. Some people that are new in Christianity. Some people that maybe from different backgrounds and, and, and maybe, maybe growing up, you heard about Christ, but you've not heard about the Holy Spirit. I'm so, that's why we're so honored and glad that you're here today. I trust that this message will help you and equip you with the Word of God of what's available to you as a follower of Christ. Listen to this. Let me give you some of the problems that have often been associated with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has often been, number one, ignored. Some people just don't like talking about the Holy Spirit. It's really not that important out there. The Holy Spirit ends up kind of being overlooked. Well, I am so grateful that we put a priority on teaching the Scripture, the full counsel of God. I want to learn about Christ. There's only one God. Everybody say one God. Say it again. Say one God. One God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Talk a lot about God the Father, a lot about God the Son, but we often don't talk about God the Holy Spirit. And yet he's God. So he's often ignored. Number two, he's often misunderstood. <clears throat> See, if you think the Holy Spirit, like I had somebody say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's kind of weird as a ghost. You know, King James Version, you know, the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's kind of like Casper the ghost. No, the Holy Spirit's not like Casper the ghost. John chapter 16, verse 13, listen to this. Jesus said, see, this is important. I want everybody to hear me. And this is a, this is a paradigm shift. If you think the Holy Spirit's just an it, there's actually some religions that have considered the Holy Spirit in a sense. They're like, well, yeah, there's a spiritual dimension, but the Holy Spirit's not a divine person. The Holy Spirit is a force. The Holy Spirit is an it. No, no, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a divine person. John chapter 16, listen to this. Jesus said this, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, that's a personal pronoun, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. That doesn't sound like let the force be with you. God, the Holy Spirit, question, are you daily cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you know when you pray, when you pray and you cry out to God, there's an inner witness. Who is that? That's the third person of the Trinity. It's God, the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that we recognize, well, the Holy Spirit's often ignored. The Holy Spirit's misunderstood. Or let's just be honest. Let me give you a third reason why sometimes we don't walk in the fullness. Sometimes people resist the Holy Spirit because they're concerned, they're nervous, they're cautious. They don't want to be associated maybe with some group that did something crazy in the name of the Holy Spirit. I'm a pastor, but I was a Christian before I was a pastor. I can relate to that. Sometimes we hear about people doing things in the name of God, but sometimes there's people that have done things in, done things in the name of the Holy Spirit. Quite honestly, it's been, it's been a little bit weird, a little bit strange. You think, well, I don't want to be associated with that, so I don't want to do that. Yeah, but we're, that's called throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There's a genuine experience where the power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life and equips you for this life to do battle, to win, listen, to minister to people, and to stand strong in tough times. Let's not let somebody's extreme and somebody's, you know, somebody's tangent get us to back off from contending from the real genuine power of God. And that's important to us at Church of the King. And if, maybe if you're a guest, you're like, man, you know, what is this church about? What do they believe? We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And we're not going to back off from proclaiming Christ and that he's the only way to a relationship with God. And we're not going to, just because, you know, we're not going to back off from that. And we're not going to back off from the genuine power. God wants to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a practical fulfillment. The fulfillment of the promise of God's power is found in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some would say baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Spirit. It's to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the initial infilling, but also the subsequent, there's subsequent fillings of the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer for service. While we all receive important, while we all receive the Holy Spirit at the point of conversion, we come alive. We cannot call Jesus as Lord unless the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. So there's that moment where we confess Christ as our Savior. The Holy Spirit comes to live in our hearts. But there is a pattern in Scripture where believers, watch this, the Spirit comes to live within them, but then they're filled. Everybody say filled. They're immersed. They're filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-time thing, but it's a repeated experience. And this is where I think a lot of people get hung up. Well, I've got everything I can at conversion. Well, just think about that. Yes, the Spirit came to live in your heart, but there's an infilling and an empowering of the Holy Spirit that should be a daily crying out to God for. And, and that's where I was with Linda. I'm like, Linda, I, I didn't know there was more. I, I, I didn't know that I could cry out to God to be filled. And it's a pattern of Scripture. I, I want to know if it's in the Bible. And some of you, maybe you've come from a theological background. You thought, well, I got saved. You know, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm sealed. I'm sealed by the Spirit. Absolutely, you're sealed by the Spirit. Absolutely, you're going to have. Absolutely, your name's written down in the book of, Lamb's Book of Life. But, and the Spirit absolutely came to live in your heart. But you still need to be filled with power on a daily basis to do God's bidding for your life and through your life in the earth. It's the Holy Spirit. As you can notice, I get a little bit fired up about this. It's important. We read in Scripture in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out on early believers. Yet in Acts chapter 4, the same group of people lifted their voices to God and they were filled again. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all what? Say it. Filled with the Holy Spirit. The same group that was filled in Acts chapter 2, that same group is now being refilled in Acts chapter 4. Pastor, why do we need to get filled? Listen, together they were shaken, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boast. You want to know why we need to be refilled? Because as Christians, we can leak. We need a fresh infilling of God's power. Now, I know that I'm challenging some of you because maybe theologically you've not seen this before. I had not seen it. But when I began to see that the scripture is clear that we're saved one time, but we need to be refilled over and over and over with the power of God. There's great so literally tell you, you have challenges. Some of you have challenges in your life today and even tomorrow that you need a fresh, you can't deal with it in your intellect. Remember, you can't deal with spiritual problems with just your natural mind. That's why we need spiritual power. One of the greatest places in Scripture that shows the difference of just conversion when you come to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to live within you versus being baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit is Acts chapter 19. Let me be clear. I want every campus, every location, those that are watching online, those that are watching on TV, I want to be very clear. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of your heart. 
You're sealed with the Spirit. You're saved. However, when you cry out for more, you are filled to overflowing and empowered by the Spirit. That happens repeatedly throughout your walk. Let me prove it to you. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Paul comes into the region of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, and he found a group of people who were believers in Jesus Christ. This is very important. They, had, they were Christians. They were actually called disciples. They had been water baptized, yet there was something lacking in their life, and maybe that's where you are today. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We've not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? I've actually had conversations with people that were Christians and said, Man, I don't know about all that Holy Spirit stuff. Pretty similar to this. We've not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into them, what were you baptized? So they said, well, into John's baptism. What was John's baptism? A baptism of repentance, to turn from your sins and to trust in the coming Messiah. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, watch this. Now Paul talks to them about this. Watch what happens. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit now comes upon them, and they speak with tongues, and they prophesy. They weren't converted right there. They were filled with the Holy Spirit right there. What that tells me is if Paul, if there wasn't a possibility that somebody could be a Christian and yet not walking in the fullest Holy Spirit then Paul shouldn't have asked that question. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? Yes, you're a Christian. Yes, the Holy Spirit lives in your heart. Yes, you've been sealed with the Spirit. But obviously through the Scripture, and I'm going to show you in a second, where Paul is very clear here, again, repeatedly in the New Testament, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are challenges that you're dealing with in your life today that you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. God is calling all of us to be filled with the Spirit. God is calling us to be filled, to overflowing. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. This makes total sense when you understand. That's why Paul said it this way. He says, don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. But be, come on, say it with me. What's that word? Filled with the Spirit. The word filled is actually in in the Greek. it's, It's in the present active continuous. Let me give you a literal translation, a better translation of that word. This is English, written originally in Greek. A better translation is be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you need to be freshly filled next month. You need to be freshly filled. Why? There's challenges. Let me tell you, life comes, you get squeezed, things happen, and we need fresh power in our lives. So, be continually being filled with the Spirit. This is an interesting illustration. I've done this illustration. For those of you, we, and maybe you're in a location where you've never seen me do this illustration before. And uh, I know there's so many new people that are in our church or those that are joining us online, those that are watching by way of TV. I think one of the best illustrations to show you is this. Before you come to Christ, 
Watch this. Before you come to Christ, you're empty, right? You're trying to fulfill all the things in your heart, different worldly things. You're trying to fill it through sensuality, through extreme pleasure, through all the different things. But listen, you are empty on the inside, but somebody invites you to a Bible-preaching church or somebody in your family gets saved and they start sharing Christ with you. So what happens is you call out, watch this, they lead you in a sinner's prayer, your heart's open for God, and you finally trust Christ as your Savior. Here's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes, and you were once empty, and now the Holy Spirit, watch this, comes to live in your heart. Christ's Spirit, the Spirit of of Jesus Christ comes right there. Okay? Y'all see that? You're saved. That's a Christian right there. You're saved. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can't get any more saved, but you can definitely be more filled. So, you come to a church that talks about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. By the way, one of my heroes, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, He pastored for 25 years at the Westminster Chapel in London. He was a Welsh minister, very powerful. Talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about the subsequent work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. That when you got saved, watch this. You got saved. You can't get any more saved but you need to be refilled. And the reason why, so you go to church and you start hearing about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You start crying out for God. So what happens? The Holy Spirit, watch this. The Holy Spirit now comes upon. Everybody say upon. Before you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is with you, knocking, watch this, going. Open your heart to Christ. Revelation chapter three, verse 20. If anyone hears my knock, and opens. I come in, and I dine, and I sup with him and her. Are you with me? The Spirit of God. That's called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. This is important. You open your heart to Christ. Now the Holy Spirit comes to live in. Everybody say in. So three Greek words. With, in, and now upon. You start crying out for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit does this. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and there's an overflow of the Spirit. Now there's an overflow in your family. There's an overflow at your job place. There's an overflow in your small group. Why? Because you're not getting <clears throat> resaved. You're getting more filled. You're not. Watch this. This is important. You're getting filled with the Spirit. You're Spirit-empowered. You're baptized. You're being immersed with the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you something now? Now you can offer water to a broken, dry, and empty world. Isn't that powerful? Everybody say, fill with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Question, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? I'm asking you right there. Those that are online, those that are watching in any of our locations, those that are watching on TV, have you been filled with the Spirit since you believed? It's my question. Are you lacking spiritual power in your life? Are you not being used by God and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit the way that you know? This isn't just for the preacher. This is for the person. Listen, this is for everybody calls upon the name of the Lord. One of my heroes, I love studying about great men and women of God. And 
One of my heroes is Dwight L. Moody. Matter of fact, Moody Bible College in Chicago, they named a university after him and, and a powerful evangelist. Extraordinary. And yet, because of his theological upbringing, he didn't know what I'm teaching you today until he knew. <laughs> there was a moment. The fact is, he was an extraordinary evangelist and preacher, but he had to decide, and maybe you have to decide, even today with this message. He had to decide at a point as after being a Christian and actually a minister. If he was going to stay stuck in his religious tradition that taught him that when he got saved, that was it. There was no more need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He was a pastor of a church, and he said in his life, he said he came to a moment where he was lacking power. There wasn't much spiritually happening. He knew there was more, but he wasn't sure how to. He wasn't sure what it was. There was two ladies, Auntie Cook and Mrs. Snow, that began to pray for him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They began to cry out for. Matter of fact, they told him, Pastor, we're praying for you. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, what do you mean? I'm open in the Bible. He goes, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can see it. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. At first, he was aggravated by this. However, Pastor Moody, he began to cry out to God. He knew there was a dimension of power. He began to search the scriptures and Mrs. Snow would see him and Auntie Cook. Pastor, we're praying for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a pastor, we're praying, God, God wants to use you mightily. And, and there's, a, there's an overflow of the Holy Spirit that God wants to do in your life. He began to cry out to God and search the scriptures for this experience that he was seeing in the scripture. As his friend and fellow evangelist R.A. Torrey told him later, Moody received his answer without warning one day while strolling down the busy street, New York City, Wall Street. Listen to what he said in his own words. This is found in a book called They Found the Secret. These are his words. The power of God, the power of God, R.A. Torrey said this. The power of God about his friend fell upon him as he walked up the street and he had to hurry off to a house of a friend and ask that he might have a room by himself. This is R.A. Torrey, the famous evangelist, talking about one of his best friends, Dwight L. Moody. The power of God fell upon him as he walked up the street and he had to hurry off to a house of a friend and ask that he might have a room by himself. Watch this, that in that room, he stayed alone for hours and the Holy Ghost came upon him, filling his soul with such joy that at last he had to ask God to withdraw his hand lest he die on the spot from that very joy. Wow. From that time forward, the great evangelist pastor Dwight L. Moody said the power of God wrought through my life. He began to talk about the power of God. He began to feel the power of God. Nothing really remarkable happened in and through his life and ministry up to that point, but afterwards, oh, after that point, he talked about that day. At that point, the power of God came upon him in New York. Let me tell you, God wants to fill you with his power. 
That day after Linda talked to me, I went back to my house and I began to cry out to God. I took those scriptures. Oh God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit that day. So Pastor Steve, what do I do to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you what you do. It's one step. You got to ask. Everybody say ask. I'll, I'll read one last scripture. Luke chapter 11 says this. So I say to you that if you ask, it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives it. He who seeks finds it. To him who knocks, it'll be open. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil human beings, think about this, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? As a believer in Jesus, we have rights by the blood of Christ to come into the throne room of God, and we can cry out to God, oh, Holy Spirit. We can, listen, there's an intimacy. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. You know, in the morning time, when I, I, I often walk in my backyard, I tell you guys about that at my prayer time, and I'll, I'll cry out to God, oh, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. And I'll just begin to worship God. I'll just begin to cry out to God. I'll just, oh, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. We come to Christ, and he's the one that fills us with power. So I'm going to ask you again, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? Maybe you're a Christian, and maybe there was a time in your life where you're on fire for God, and there was a vibrancy. Let me tell you something. It doesn't have to be up and down and up, and it doesn't mean that we don't go through seasons. It doesn't mean that we don't go through tough times. Here's what I've found. It's being filled with the Spirit that actually carries you through that tough time. It's being filled with the Spirit. My question is, have you been filled with the Spirit since you believe? I'm going to do two things right now. The first of which is I'm going to give people an opportunity. If you do not know Christ, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads at every one of our locations. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is, and I'm simply going to pray a prayer. Matter of fact, let's all, all of our locations, every single one of us, all of our locations, I want everybody to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Now listen to me. I want everybody to look at every location. Those of you that are joining online, if you just prayed and trusted Christ as your Savior, online, click and let them know that you've done that. Every one of our campuses, you can simply text the word. You can say decision, the word decision, to 822-822. There's also cards behind all the chairs. You can fill that out and place that in the offering as it goes by in just a moment. We simply want to talk to you about what it means to follow Christ on a daily basis. Now, I want everybody to stay with me. I want to pray one other prayer. And the prayer is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, our altar is going to be open at every one of our campuses. If you say, Pastor, I need to be, I want somebody to pray for me. Just a moment after the pastor's, campus pastor release you, there's going to be an opportunity for you to come back, to come forward and, and, and to get prayer. But, but I, I pray this prayer every day. It's a simple prayer, and it's, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. It's fill me with your spirit, oh God. And that's the prayer. Everybody say, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. 
I'm going to turn the service over to the campus pastors right now. And they're going to finish up the service. And then at the end, our altar is going to be open. And they're going to lead you through a prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for all that you do in the lives of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Wow, what an amazing message. And maybe God spoke to you during that and you were making the decision to give your life to Jesus. We just wanna say congratulations. This is the best decision and the biggest decision that you will ever make in your entire life. And as your church family, we would love to come alongside you as you begin this new journey. And would you do us a favor and click the link in the chat room right now and let us know that you've made this decision. We would love to come alongside you and give you any resources or pray for you or whatever you may need in this new journey as you begin to walk with Jesus. Well guys, before we wrap up our time together, we always like to just take a minute and remind you that we are here for you as your church family. If you're walking through something or maybe you have a friend or a loved one who's dealing with something that's really difficult, we would love the opportunity to pray with you, to partner with you in prayer. We believe that when we partner together in prayer, God hears it and God moves on our behalf and right now there's pastors and hosts who are ready and waiting to pray with you right now in the chat room. So let them know. And we really would love the opportunity to partner with you in prayer. Well, guys, that is our time for today. It was an amazing service. And we know that next week is gonna be just as good. So we'll see you there, same time, same place. We love you guys. Have a great week.